When I first read this parable, I thought it was one about role reversal because the owner of the house come and serves the servants. And it got me thinking about Boxing Day in England where the people of the house would box up clothing and some, maybe some money for the servants. And then I read that they would also box up the leftovers from the day before, and I thought, well, isn't that lovely? You cook all day on Christmas Day, and then you give, your, your boss gives it to you the next day. I just thought it was a bit odd, but sometimes British people can be a bit odd. <laughs> I can say that because I'm British. But it's more than just role reversal, it's more than just giving away what we have. Jesus says, do not build up your purses where moth and rust can consume. Because what he was really telling the people was, when you give away, you feel lighter. You don't have the burden of too much stuff. And it's a carryover from the the rich fool that we heard about last week, who was so consumed with looking over his gold coins and his books that he shut the rest of his life, the rest of life out of his life. Well, digging on even further into the parable, I found out that that's not really what it's about. And I thought, well, when are we going to get to the bottom of this? Really, I've got a sermon to preach on Sunday. I can't go on forever. And you wouldn't want me to. It is about death. Be ready. You never know when you will be called back home to heaven. And Robert Capon, who was a an Episcopal priest had a really interesting way of looking at this parable. He said, imagine for yourself that you are the servants, that you sit and you wait and you keep turning the wick up so that the lights stay on, so that when the master comes home, you will be ready. Others have fallen asleep, but you stay awake because you care about your job and your position in the household. And maybe if you show the master how well you're doing your job, how you're going the extra mile, he will see good things in you and he will think better of you and you will get more with which to live. He also went on to say that this parable is about communion. Because when the, when the owner comes home, when the landowner, the owner of the house comes home, Capon writes, imagine that he's just a little bit tipsy. He's had fun at this wedding. He's had so much fun, he's nicked a couple of bottles of champagne. And he's put them in the pockets of his coat. And when he gets home, he shares them with you. And he doesn't want the party to end. He wants to continue having a good time. A wedding is significant 
and tells us that this is about us and Jesus, bride and bridegroom. The church is the bride, and Jesus, of course, is the bridegroom. And what happens to us when we die? We meet the bridegroom yet again. And what is the feast that we are feasting upon? It's Holy Communion. Capon writes that the Eucharist is a celebration of life. The Eucharist is a celebration of our faith in Christ. That we should see it as a giant party prepared for us by Jesus. And Jesus is the host, and Jesus wants to ensure that we have a good time. When you come to the rail and take communion, do you think of it as a, a joyful event? Or do you think of it as something that we take in solemnity and ponder upon for the week? I say it's both. Receiving communion is the best gift that we can get from the church, from God. We talk often about how the bread and the wine are turned into the body and blood, that they become a symbol for our faith, our faith that when we die, we go, to, we go on to another life, a banquet, a never-ending party. I don't know what your thoughts about the afterlife are, but mine is it's a giant cocktail party. And I get to go anywhere. And I get to talk to anyone I want to. And I'm going to have fun. So when you come to take communion, yes, it reinforces why we have come to the church and why we are present today, but it also reinforces, as I say, life is short. And we never know when God will take us away, when we will die and go to heaven. And we will partake of the heavenly banquet. And that we will never be alone or lonely again. That when Jesus is present with us at the rail, we're given strength that we didn't know we had. We're given faith when we feel ours is less than. But we're also given the joy of knowing that God loves us and that God cares enough to want us to participate in the taking of the bread and the wine. That God wants us to enjoy our lives. We do good, but we have fun doing it. That's what I believe Jesus is telling the people in this story. So go ahead at the communion table, kick up your heels, smile because it is a truly a happy point in our lives as a community and in your life as a human being, as, an, as a Christian, who's just trying to do better. And it's that sustenance that helps us accomplish that. Amen.